Hello, the internet, and welcome to this special episode of The Daily Zeitgeist! Hey! Uh, it's a Saturday app. It's about the Roaring Twenties. Yeah. Uh, you know, what What that decade can tell us about the decade we're about to live through. There's a lot of yeah. interesting parallels. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Mazda. Thank you, Mazda. the joy of driving. Thank you, Mazda. Oh, as man. always. You know, they, you know what they did? They said, look, we're, we're on the precipice of a historic event. Who do we get to talk, talk about to this, to educate the masses, to discuss their visions of the future? And they said there's only one answer. That's uh, right. And they couldn't get them. So then they went down their <laughs> list and they got to us. Jack I think we were like 17 on the list, but oh, you know, come not on, bad. Come on. That's not bad. We were, we were definitely in the hundreds. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look, I'm trying to be a little cocky. I'm yeah, to... yeah. But much love to Mazda because, as you know, it's always a family thing with them. So, yes, whenever they're like, hey, what's your thoughts? Oh, so, well, we got them. We got them. We've got some ideas mm. about this. Because, you know, right now with the pandemic going on, I feel like a lot of people are thinking, oh, like we're stuck inside. I feel... I feel like I need to get out. I feel like I need to break out and things are not the same. There's a lot of built up energy that people have. And when I just not even ironically, just like clockwork, it's like, let's maybe go back literally almost 100 years yeah, and see that, okay, we're going through a very similar thing, very similar energy swirling around people being very uncertain about their futures and what is normal and what could be normal. And yeah. It's an interesting thing to talk about. Pandemics about. can't keep us down. World mm-hmm. wars can't keep us down. Uh, and usually, after events like this, historic uh, challenges, we'll call them, uh, you know, the the human race comes out of it with a burst of creativity, with a burst of uh, democratic, you know, movements and really uh, kind of interesting things. So we're yeah. gonna we're gonna talk about that, um, but just. Specifically to what you were talking about, there, there are certain things that I miss from my old life, pre-pandemic life, <laughs> like grocery shopping was something that I would miss, like going out to the grocery store and just, you know, right. going through. Oh, because that, that was like your off. thing. Like yeah, your it was like my, activity. yeah. And yeah. I don't miss that at all. Uh, Is it, it turns because... Out of just sort of, it feels like the stakes are higher or it's just more of like, it's... it. The reasons for doing it are different. Like it's purely to get out there and yeah, I think it's just a little more stressful. Right, and I like I don't know. It's just not as when I look back on it. It's like after a week when I look back on grocery shopping, I'm not like, man, that was that was great. I also think I've shopping. (laughs) I also (laughs) think I've just found like really enjoyed spending time with the family, and that's not a thing where I can bring you know, the kids along with me to right. go grocery shopping anymore. Um, but driving is definitely uh, getting oh. out on the open road with the with the misses and the boys is <laughs> uh, it's been awesome, man. It's yeah. been so uh, fun. It really I mean, and look, I know I'm t- this episode has been brought to you by Monster, but like straight up, uh the day before everything locked down, Mazda was like <laughs> In the buildup, they they let me, you know, drive around a 2020 CX-9. And it was just so funny because, like, the car got delivered. And I'm like, I think everything's about to shut down in, the like, in at least L.A. and the state of California. So it was a very bittersweet moment. But then I realized, I'm like, oh, this is, like, the thing that is going to get me to, like, just see sunlight, 
feel uh, like the the fresh air on my skin. And I was mobbing around this thing all over town. I could not stop driving because it was like the one way I didn't have to feel you know guilty. I wasn't putting anybody at risk. I was being. I'm obviously you are socially distant in a car, so I'm going to. I'm driving up you know Topanga Canyon, looking out at the ocean. Uh, we went. We were driving like just to Torrance on a whim. Her Majesty and I, because I was like, you know what. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is like her favorite TV show. And I'm like, I know they shot it at Torrance High School. Let's just go, let's just go drive around the city and see all the touring locations. Nothing better than just to do that in a car. Quick, easy. It felt like an activity. So I'm I still am like, I have this renewed joy or like at least acknowledge the freedom that really driving provides, especially like in LA, because traffic is a little bit less as the city adjusts to locking yeah. down. And it makes it so much easier. Uh, I'm really surprised as a like lifelong Angelino. How I'm like, you want to get in the car? You want to go somewhere? Yeah, it's like it's like Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving weekend when mm-hmm. you're in LA, everybody has left town, and it's like, ah, oh, this is what this is. LA would be the best town in the Ugh. world if it was always like this. If it was just it had the appropriate number of cars for the, the size infrastructure. Of yeah, yeah, <laughs> that. Um, yeah, it, it was for a little while there. It was like driving around in a actual car commercial because oh, yeah. you know how in car commercials there's like never any no other one. cars on the road. Yes, uh, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, you know, right now I would normally be on the East Coast on a family vacation where oh, we're New Jersey? you know in New Jersey, right? Uh, with you know uh, Pittsburgh, we fly there. Um, so instead of doing that this year, we are just taking some road trips. Uh, been to Big Sur. We went up to Mammoth Lakes. There's just a lot of really great like nature in this. You know, it, it's it's kind of like a challenge finding all the cool things to see that are within a you know six to eight hour drive. Since I got a four year old and a two year old, they can't do much more than that. That's pretty good though. Eight hours in the an eight eight hour drive with two young children. A lot of stops. For, yeah, a lot uh, of stops. Yeah, my my two year old is uh we we have to get it so his blood is mostly drama mean before <laughs> we start driving because he oh gets, he gets motion sick. sickness. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, the poor the poor young ones. You hate to see yeah. it. But you especially know, especially the way I drive, man, I'm tearing <laughs> around them corners. Uh, I just feel I'm right now. I'm a little bit spoiled because I've driven a CX nine, a CX thirty. I went back to my equally a brilliant 2015 Mazda 3, but I'm a little bit longing for those drives in those cars because it really helps re-engage your sense of like mobility. Uh, You know, especially when a time like this, when you have uh, limited options to stimulate yourself, but also a lot of road to cover. And again, we have to say that despite all like sort of the darkness that surrounds like what's happening now, the thing that's really good to focus on is that everyone is looking forward to getting out of this and doing something different that feels good, that feels better than before. And we only have just amazing examples from history uh, to, to reinforce that idea that a lot of people, despite a lot of write-ups you read and even the things we even discuss on the show, feels very doomy and gloomy. But it's it's these are sort of these moments where we realize that we're actually just sort of changing things a bit. And yes, there is a lot of pain and suffering, but on the other side of that is that it forces us to innovate and look at things differently. 
Yeah. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some parallels, what happened in the 1920s and uh, how that can inform where we're headed. And we're back. And uh, so one of the things that, uh, you know, just doing some light research on the on the 1920s that jumped out is just that it, it seemed to be like sort of a democratization of a bunch of different things. It was like the democratization of being able to travel, like transport, essentially, mm-hmm. like cars were invented were invented in the 1920s right <laughs> no they were not but uh, they became uh. <laughs> first of all roads became like much better in the 1920s that was like a a major you know that the american economy had a little pocket change a little extra money to spend uh right. they spent some of that on improving the roads and also ford uh you know built a or started making cars a little bit more affordable. The Model T sold for uh, 490 in 1914, which Whoa, was all right, money bags. about one quarter the cost of what it had cost before. And then it just like slowly got lower and lower until more and more people, I think by the end of the 20s, there were 23 million people uh, driving. It's kind of like a bigger deal than I realized. Like when you just think about, you know, in the past, you had to wait for the train to arrive to get the news. Like you had to wait right. for somebody to bring <laughs> Drop it off. the newspaper to you. And, you know, they had to wait for somebody to bring it to them. So you were like really relying on uh, a massive, you know, supply chain just to get the news. Right. Um, and now you could drive to a place to to get the news. And information was just traveling at a less controlled, uh, more democratic way. And it was also like the radio started popping out a little bit more. Do you think people were doing that as a flex where they were like, they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go drive and get that newspaper so I can laugh when Harold finds out about what happened <laughs> at, after dinner, right. which is lunch or whatever yeah. they were calling it back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. That's like one of the things I always get fixated on from like the old times. I'm like, wait, what's lunch? What's dinner? And then there's supper. Oh, I didn't even know that they had. Well, no, I mean, this was names. like in books. And again, I'm not a. I'm not accurately describing this, but it's just the idea that uh, I just like the concept of supper. All that to say that I derailed that point just to talk about the word supper. <laughs> <laughs> you still call it supper, right? Oh yeah. You always you use it as a verb a lot of the time. You're like, guys, let's sup. Yeah, or I just as a greeting, I'm like supper, <laughs> supper man. Yeah, supper. Uh, the flapper and suffrage movement uh, were, you know, so some theories are that it was based on young people, specifically young women, seeing World War One and like what a mess it causes when you just let adult men take charge, like make yeah. all the decisions for everyone, right? Uh, and so. That was a big thing. There was also, uh, you know, prohibition pushed people into un- the underground, right? So yeah, well, and I think too, and then that gives way to like the rise of jazz music, and you know, one of the great greatest American art forms is born out of uh, the twenties, and these are the kinds of things I'm like, man, you think about how like sort of gloomy and dark it the, the experiences for people to be 
looking at just a devastating world war and then a you know an devastating pandemic that like no one had ever seen and then still just like renewed sense of like let's let's get together and yes alcohol is illegal but you know what there's this good music and maybe we got to take a little risk because at this point we don't have that much time anymore there's just like this there's like i don't know there's just an extra quality of life to a lot of this era that i feel like is very unique like it's 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 because it's its position in relation to the Spanish flu in World War One, where it's you know they were doing a lot in the twenties, you know, to the yeah. point that we figured that out by the thirties that uh, you know got a little out of hand. But there <laughs> is like this sort of idea of like this like explosion of life and energy and creativity that's really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I do think the one thing that uh, we're seeing that's different right now is that like we're having our economic collapse at the beginning of the twenties, whereas they had right. theirs. They were just like, you know, flying blind on a rocket motorcycle, just you know, <laughs> right, right. feeling the like no invincible. Yeah, they're just like. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Put some wings on this thing, man. Maybe we'll get airborne. I don't know. Um. But yeah, so I mean, it's you like just the the cover charge for going out was you're going to break the law because right. alcohol's alcohol's illegal and everybody's still trying to have a social life. So, you know, you have the speakeasies. Uh, it just lets people be a little bit less um, buttoned up and allows. Yeah. yeah. But there's it's just really. It shows you, even if it's illegal to hang out, it's like, you know what, we're, let's, or we're not illegal to hang out, but to like imbibe and right. socialize in the normal way. There's just this just insatiable appetite for it. I'm just curious, like what, how this will affect sort of our, you know, the next phase of socializing too. like what a, like how we look at a nightclub or what the value is in a nightclub, you know, like if we're discovering, cause I'm finding myself finding other ways to like replace you know the old ways of like consumer culture activity that i used to do which is like go to a bar these other things and just find you know the the peace at home or just like having like really great conversations on zoom and things like that i found you know like i don't know if there's almost going to be like a minimalist 20s happening yeah where we're like shedding a lot of it because yeah to your point like we're sort of reversing the sequence where the opulence and excess i mean has been going on for a minute but now it's really starting to you know the uh lack of uh sort of economic equality is starting to show itself but in that we're also very much simplifying things because of the pandemic it's just it it really i'm curious to know if we were just like yeah let's just do some book reading like let's just be near each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, by a fire. Yeah. People hanging in their yards with other people, like mm-hmm. more one on one. I feel like conversation gets foregrounded a little bit more than it does at a at a loud bar where you're having yeah. to like shout over the Bon Jovi. Um, right. Or you just know, like the type being of like bars that I hang out with. Now. <laughs> um, yeah. You go to your your dueling piano bars. You don't have to go to those anymore. <laughs> right. But it is kind of like this thing where I'm almost like. Hey, come over so we can just like talk. Yeah. Like, and you can like, you know, hang out in my like backyard and we can be socially distant. And I'm just like having a conversation versus before be like, where you want to go? Should we go to like see this thing? Go eat there? Da da da. And it's just more like, I just, I really enjoy this like really 
meaningful human contact. Yeah, whether it is like going on a road tri- on a day trip with like friends and, you know, that allows you to stay outdoors. I do feel like there's yeah, there's mindfulness about what you do. It's not we can't just go to the same places we used to go to or like meet up at a restaurant. So you have to like kind of come up with your own plan, plan a picnic, uh, you know, plan a figure out a great place. Like I just found out about this river that you can go to with your family that you just like go and hang out and like sit and sit on some rocks in the river and the kids chase bugs. And like, we're going to do that this weekend. It's like the LA river. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. If you've seen, if you've seen Terminator two, you know, the river I'm talking about or Uh, Greece, great drag racing there. I mean, iconic (laughs) river, iconic. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, planning it's being more intentional i could see all that stuff happening and then you know what one of the parallels that i see is in the 1920s there were these uh dances that were happening at these like speakeasies and stuff like the charleston and you know all Mm -hmm. these dances that are associated with flappers and then you know we're seeing with the i like Obviously, social media has been around for uh, over a decade now, but at least two years. Oh, we're going to see we're going to start to see a time where there won't be a like every celebrity who is in the prime of their like career will have come up like in a world with social media. Mm -hmm. And then you also have like the rise of TikTok and like dances on TikTok. So you can kind of the Savage Challenge, the new Charleston. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. And I, I believe it. Yeah. I'm sure there were some. Can you imagine you know, like like 70 years from now, like people dress up like it's the aughts and this, or like the tens <laughs> right. or 20s and are just like doing the savage challenge and like, whoa, man. Like these, I remember my grandma used to cut a rug to this one. Because <laughs> you see people doing it now. I mean, it's, I think it's probably inevitable, right? And that really uh, will be a strange moment. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's take one more break and we'll be right back to close it out. And we're back. Yeah, so just a couple other well one thing one thing is uh one of the strangest ideas in US history that got kicked off in the 20s um that I think is related to the you know, people being able to drive wherever they wanted. Mount Rushmore, the idea of just carving a bunch of giant faces into the side of a mountain. Uh, <laughs> and and just generally the whole tourist trap culture of America, which is one of my favorite things about America, is uh, that, that all kind of kicked off in the 20s. Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking of like flagpole sitting in right. the 20s. Like yeah. what what's our... What's our flagpole sitting of now? For people who don't aren't aware of what flagpole sitting, it was just a old a fad back in the mid twenties, starting in the mid twenties, of just somebody sitting on top of a pole or like a right. flagpole for a long time. It's just like an endurance test, like a flex. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna sit on this flagpole for forty days or however many long. I think someone did. Uh, so I guess someone four hundred thirty nine days. Really? That was in the 30s. That was the longest someone had done. 
But right. in the twenties, you're talking was, about the more advanced flagpole sitting. The yes, yes, fourth of, fourth wave flagpole sitting. It was actually fifth wave. Yeah, this is in the eighties. But in in the twenties, <laughs> I think at the time it was like twelve days or seventeen days. The first guy was just like, I did it for thirteen hours, and then I was like, I'm a, I'm gonna just top that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I wonder what that. I feel like it's <laughs> similarly the sort of anybody can become famous sort of thing. Like now, right. instead of um, that, I mean, that was kind of people's reaction to movies too. It was like, there's so many more famous people now. It's not just like a handful of people. And then whoever pays attention to plays like now right. movies are rising and there's all these glamorous people that you can see on like the big screen uh, movies back then were really big screens. Um, but that also gave rise to the um, cosmetics industry. People were trying to look like movie stars. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, but I so with flagpole sitting, it's like, well, there's you know any it's a thing that anyone can do. Um, yeah, sure. Louis Armstrong's a great trumpet player, but <laughs> I can sit on this flagpole for thirteen hours. But jazz is so interesting because it's like. Yeah, you can with like before, wasn't it all big band stuff? So, like, jazz, yeah, you sure. just had to get like four talented musicians. So, it's again like bringing it down to like the level of individual talent as opposed to, you know, needing to get a small battalion of people and who have that, like really yeah, expensive instruments who are and, reading like very rigid music off of sheets, like right. sheet music, you know. And like the thing with jazz and improvisation is like that's truly like the you know, purest form of getting down, you know, on your instrument is to just be like, what's the chart? What are the chord changes? I'll take it from here. I don't know where my, the fingers are going to take me and what notes I'm going to hit, but that's just what I'm going to get out. And I think that's what made that music so interesting too, is because it was sort of, it wasn't following sort of the same patterns of previous like art forms. This felt something like really fluid and full of life. So mm. You know, and shout out to the jazz, perf the jazz performers of our day, the comedic improvisers. Uh, <laughs> are our, uh, yeah, <laughs> our, our totally. new uh, Louis Armstrongs and yeah. Cannibal, well, not Cannibal Adderley, but you know, you get it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who Cannibal Adderley is. Oh, Jack. Is he a flagpole sitter? No. Is he somebody? Saxophonist. Uh, another example of sort of the uh, Harry Houdini, the rise of Houdini was during the 20s. And that's, again, like a thing that was sort of a, a birthday party trick that became like he became the most famous person on the planet mm. in the 20s. Uh, Babe Ruth, uh, you know, it the was Andy Bar, yeah. It was the rise of the uh, celebrity. It was like an, an era of celebrity worship. Yeah. And I guess um, maybe it's weird. Like we have, it's almost like we're at this point where we're actually maybe headed in the opposite, the opposite direction, direction of the 20s, but we're just that. intersecting at this weird point where we're like, wait, are we in the 20s? Are we, are we also doing the different part? But it's right. interesting because the energetically it's similar, but it's also like the things that rose up at that time were like are maybe now ebbing, um, which is really interesting to think about because I think celebrity worship, as we've seen, has become really like has gone on the decline in just the last six months, very yeah. very aggressively. But at the same time, we're like embracing these other things that feel a little bit more pure and substantive. So 
Yeah, it's I mean, like we're learning. The, it's like the best kind of twenties. It's interesting because the like radio was becoming a thing. Also, loudspeakers. Like that's how long ago it was. It was prior to this, if you wanted to give a speech that a lot of people heard, you had to speak loudly and like yep. stand on a tall thing. <laughs> um, that and then the loudspeaker became, I think the the Magnavo- Magnavox company received its greatest recognition in 1919 when President Woodrow Wilson gave a speech in front of 50,000 people. Prior to that, people were like, did you hear about this new technology where one man can speak to 50,000 people? No. Um, but it's sort of, you're like, if, if we think of it as, you know, we, we tend to just group things into, well, that's the 20th century, so it's 1900 to year 2000 but if we actually like gauge it as like 1920 up through 2020 that would make more sense as like a grouping of years because that was the age of celebrity it was the age Mm of you know leaders being able to i don't know reach a bunch of people and just kind of dictate it like the guy who invented the loudspeaker later regretted it because he saw how dictators used his technology right so you know, once we figure out this whole social media thing, maybe, maybe we'll. Jack Dorsey will be like, I regret it. <laughs> well, and like Zuckerberg. I hope... <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the sort of thing that like the inventors of social media, you, you'd you hope that they eventually come around to the fact that there, there were some real problems with it. Technology is being manipulated uh, in ways that are harmful to uh, society. But, um, you know, there's no reason that once people take uh, responsibility for those sorts of things that we wouldn't see that change, wouldn't see like a thing where we can leave the era of celebrity in the past. Right. Um, and maybe, you know, like the Black Plague, well, some people think it ended serfdom, uh, but it was really just the, the labor pool became lower and right. serfs were able to bargain better. So maybe this can be the age where workers can also help get together and get their fair share as well. I mean, it's just like at the end of the day, whether or not it's like going to be a repeat of that or a different version, what we know is there is this is some kind of punctuation. Um, right. And with and after that, the possibilities are endless. I choose yeah. to be optimistic. Yeah. I mean, Abraham Lincoln said the best way to uh, get the future you want is to choose it. So. Heck, yeah. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah, uh, Abe. <laughs> so, I mean, that that is kind of a, I think, a good place to close is just that we are coming to the end of a very coherent, like, themed uh, century. And now it's our, our, we have the ability to choose where we, where we take it next. One yeah. last thing is that uh, Mickey Mouse uh, was invented in the 20s, Steamboat Willie. And at the time, it was like seen as an adult thing. And then, <laughs> and then it became like a giant, like, you know, the biggest, the inventor of imagination for children. What is your prediction for something that is like seen as one type of thing that could become like bigger in a different uh, demographic? Just gonna put you on the spot there. I don't know. What's the thing that is like the Instagram ripoff of TikTok? Like reels. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. It's weird because I'm seeing so many adults use that because like so many adults weren't using TikTok. Right. And they were on Instagram. So it's like the same thing. Like they weren't using Snapchat. But when you got stories, now the 
the people are using the stories. And now I'm just seeing like older people use reels in like the weirdest ways. Right. That I'm just I don't know. In, in my mind, I'm just being like, that's a thing for younger people that adults are using now. Uh, and OK, they're just having fun with it. But I don't know what's going to have that same sort of flip flop where they're going to be like adults used to love that. Right. Huh. Yeah, I don't know either. And, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You guys decide. You, you guys get us. to figure it out. Us, Let us know. What do you think, bro? Let us know in the comments, guys. Yeah. And also, shout outs to Mazda for allowing us to bring you a nice Saturday episode filled with our uh, visions of the future mm. and our analyses. Uh, and please, y'all, go check out the new uh, Mazda CUV lineup, okay? It's, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you firsthand, never been in a better car. Uh, miss it every day. Do I cry tears uh, every morning thinking about that car? Maybe I do. Is it because of the exterior design? Maybe it is. Is it because the leather seats were so buttery and I have never had a car with leather seats before? Yes, that's it also. Does it take but, us 20 minutes to get started recording Daily Zeitgeist because he's crying about this every day? Yes. Does, sometimes. And does Jack violate his co-host's trust by saying stuff like that in the branded <laughs> episode? Yes, he does. But worry not because Mazda will keep you good and you can trust them yeah yeah and that's gonna do it for this special saturday edition of the daily zeitgeist we will talk to y'all soon bye